uh, I want to say uh, I'm so happy to see uh, Tasha uh, Oaks in the house. Uh, Man Man's open house is this next Saturday. So please come out and support uh, uh, Brother Man Man. He's been a part of our ministry. He's my first sound guy, him and his brother. We first planted a church. And so he's graduating now. So, I'm, man, I'm excited. Yeah. So his mom is here from Florida. She moved to Florida, got a job in Florida, and I hate to see her go. She's one of my favorite people I had as a student. I'm excited. So I, uh, uh, I'm, I'm excited about this series, The Seven I Am's of Jesus. And so this week, last week, we talked about I am he, the Messiah. Uh, and this week uh, is very interesting because the title of the message is Jesus, the Bread of Life. Jesus, the bread of life. Uh, and, and that's important uh, uh, as we go into this piece. Heavenly Father, thank you again for this opportunity. And we don't take it for granted. Uh, we are just absolutely honored um, that you would allow us uh, to preach your word and to speak into the life of your people. Thank you for trusting our leadership. And we love you so much. And we don't take that for granted. We ask you to continue to allow your spirit to reign in this place. Touch the hearts of people. Don't let anyone leave like they came. Let their heart be transformed. Let it have a greater desire and a greater passion to live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Uh, We heard that scripture. We hear it all the time. I was... Uh, showing the kids a video, uh, Tim Tebow had put 316 on his opera, and it became a national phenomenon. And uh, but it's uh, it's a very very powerful passage of scripture uh, because God loved us so much that He, uh, in history, He had never really given man prior to Adam and Eve direct connection with Him, uh, and and when the fall had taken place and Satan had grabbed a hole to the world and took it on a tailspin, God decided that he would come into the earth as a human. So he incarnated himself and came in as his son. And he came in as Jesus the Christ. And so when you talk about Jesus the Christ and you understand John 3.16, it means something. I want you to hear me and hear me well, right? Uh, We often, often uh, forget sometimes uh, how good God is to us. And, and sometimes we, we, we realize how good he is, but we base it on our material things, how God has blessed us with material things, right? Uh, but it really has nothing to do with materialism. It has everything to do with relationship. Uh, and so, and the thing is, and my favorite passage of scripture is uh, Matthew 6 and 33, when God says, seek ye first, the kingdom of God, right, and his righteousness, right? And he said, then all this other stuff is a byproduct of the kingdom. Amen? So let's deal with this bread of life, and let's talk about this bread of life and why bread is so important, because bread is really symbolizes a whole lot of stuff, right? And it really talks about the nourishment for our body, what we need in order for us to live. Everybody said to live. In order for us to live, man, we need bread. That's what he's telling us. We we need nourishment for our bodies. And so this story in the Bible uh, 
um, means a lot to me, right? And that's why I'm excited about preaching it. But I want you guys to get it, right? Uh, in John um, chapter 4, Jesus had met the woman on the well, and he told her that he was the living water. But in John chapter 6, I want to walk you through it uh, because it's, a, it's powerful. Here's what he says. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? I want you to think about that, right? Now, uh, before I go any further, remember the children of Israel was leaving Egypt. And when they was leaving Egypt, they had got out into the wilderness and they were hungry. And while they were hungry in the wilderness, Sister Dylan, uh, they didn't know where they was going to get food, but they knew God had led them out of bondage. And God was taking them to a land really flowing with milk and honey. But they out in the wilderness, and they had no food, no water, no anything. And then God blessed them and fed them manna from heaven. Right? God fed them manna from heaven. God supplied them food to live. Right? Uh, now, a lot of those people in the wilderness still didn't believe. So they kind of missed the message. And they still was grumbling and complaining. And most of those never made it to the promised land. Right? But God supplied their need. They had a need for food. Look at verse 6. He asked this only to test him. For he already had in mind what he was going to do. Now, here's Jesus having this conversation, right? And this, this big crowd is following him because he's this powerful preacher. And he's preaching and teaching and he's healing people. He's working all kind of miracles. And the crowd, Martha, is following him because they follow the miracles, right? And so people are being delivered. People are being healed. And people are excited, and the crowd is getting bigger and bigger because everybody wants something for nothing. Right? So everybody wants something. So they follow him because they want miracles. They want healing. They want deliverance. So the crowd is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Right? Now Jesus sees this huge crowd, and the crowd is out there, and now they've been out there for a while, and he noticed that they're hungry. He noticed that they're hungry, right? And when he noticed they're hungry, uh, he tells his disciples, we got to feed them, right? He know already what's going to happen. God already know your need before you ever ask him. Understand that, people. He knows that. Look at verse 7. Philip answered him, it would take more than a half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. He said, we need uh, six months worth of income to feed 5,000 men plus their wives and children. So you, you got about 10,000 people, and, and he says, we need to get something to eat for them. He said, we don't have enough money because we're really some broke preachers. We, we following you and we have no, we've given up our jobs. You know, we were fishermen, so we have no income. 
coming in, so I don't know where, where are we going to get this money from, Jesus, right? But Jesus was a bad man. But it, they like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. They just going to have to go hungry, right? Uh, and then here's the bombshell. Here's verse 8. Another of his disciples, Andrew Simon Peter, spoke up. Here's a boy. This is funny. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two fish. Five barley loaves, five loaves of bread and two fish, and we got 10,000 people. You got 10,000 people, and he have five loaves of bread and two fish. And what are we going to do with that, Jesus? The miracle worker. Right? Now, uh, now they, they really don't understand who he is, really, even though he's been working one miracle after another miracle. But just like us, he worked one miracle after another miracle. He said, no, nah, Jesus, do something else for me. I know you paid my rent this week. I know you paid my gas bill this week. I know you paid my car this What you going to do next week? Right? Verse 9 says, right? Not, not me. Uh, I'm sorry. Verse, verse, verse 10. Right? Now, now, keep in mind, uh, it's, it's got to be a joke. And the people out there hungry, all right, they don't know what's going on, but Jesus it has a plan. Now, verse 10 says, Jesus said, have the people sit down. And listen, everybody, turn on, your, turn on your hats. Turn on your imagination, right? Turn it on. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. 5,000, right? Verse 11. Jesus then took the loaves. Now watch what he did. He took the loaves, and what did he do? Immediately, man, he turns to God. Immediately, man, he knew that God could supply all of our needs. Here's the reason why he knew it, because in the kingdom, everything belongs to the king. And, 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 and he could supply all of their needs. And so, uh, here it is. So, so he, now this is Jesus. Jesus know what the Father is about to do. But they don't know, right? So he says, he gave thanks, and then he distributed to those who were seated as much as they what? You could eat into your stomach bus. He said, you could eat until you get full. And then you can eat some more. Right? Now, how many loaves of bread did they have? Five and two fish. But it's 10,000 people. And now Jesus has blessed it. Now God has took a little bit. Remember this here. I don't care what you have. Hear me well. God can take a little bit and turn it into a lot. When you've given your life to the Lord, don't ever, ever think about what you don't have. Always realize what you do have. It's not about the money in the bank. It's not about your 401k. It's not about your job. It's really about God. 
It's always because the job you have is because of God. You thought you got it because you went to college. But it's a lot of homeless people went to college. It's people with their doctorates. It's doctors, surgeons, you know, anesthesiologists, homeless. But they went to college, right? And so you, you have to realize, man, your power source and everything, all your resources, man, come from the king. You got to remember that because you are self-centered sometimes and you think it's you. So he had to put him in a situation and let him know that it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with God. You don't have to cheat nobody. You don't have to run no game. You don't have to lie to your boss. You don't have to do nothing because God got me. Right? So, so, so I don't have to worry about not having enough because I got more than enough. Right? It's important to understand that I was a photographer, you know, and I used to take pictures, and people used to cheat me. Right? They, well, they thought they would cheat me. They, they would take my pictures, and they would scan the pictures, and they would, some people would lie and say they didn't get something, and I would give them their order, and they'd call me back and say they didn't get it, and and they do all kinds of stuff. And I would say, okay, and then I would give them another order. Sometimes I would double their order up. And if they scan my pictures, I would go get the pictures they scanned. I would cut them up, and then I would give them original copies, double what they ordered. Right? And, and, and so they, they thought they were slick. Right? But what they didn't realize meant I was working for the king. And so and, and while they was doing that, I was sending my daughter $3,000 a month. On my photography money. That's how much money God was giving me in photography. While they, while they thought they was cheating, God was keeping. So one, one, one person cheat, and then God blessed somebody else to do a, t- uh, a $2,000 order or a $900 order while, while somebody else was trying to cheat out of $40. All right. and, and so and, and God would tell me, give it to him. He would tell me, he said, just, just give him the order. And, and some people say they would come order, and, and he says, don't charge them nothing. Right? And then somebody come back and order triple. Because God said, I got you. Because what comes to you has to come through you. Right? Otherwise, God won't bring it to you if he can't get it through you. Because he works through people. But we have to understand that it's all what? His. So you don't have to ever worry about nothing. You don't have to ever cheat, cheat nobody. You don't have to run no game. You don't have to hustle. You don't have to do nothing because when you do it, you did it to the king. God says, in case you didn't know, it's all mine. We'll work with me for a minute. That's what you're going to hear. So now, so they sit down, and so he let them know that these five loaves of bread belong to me, and I can take them and multiply them into 10,000 loaves, right? So he goes on to say this. I know. Now, verse 12. When they had all had enough. Now, remember, they only had five loaves of bread and two fish. When they all had enough, over 10,000 people. When they all had enough, that means everybody got fed. That means everybody got everything they needed. He said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. That means there's more than enough. 
right? That's why he told the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness, he said, I want you to eat as much as you want, man, but don't stuff none in your bag for tomorrow because I got you for tomorrow. But you know how, you know how some of us are, no, I got to, no, because we so hungry, we won't be hungry tomorrow, and it turned into maggots. Because God said, you don't have faith in me. Verse 13, so they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. Listen, they had so much, they had an abundance. How many people really, really know, man, that God gave you an abundance? He gave you more than you even thought you was worth. Some of us was raised, man, we didn't have nothing. God gave us houses, man, we didn't build. We driving cars when when our parents walked. Some of us got too many cars. I was over the Lance house, man. They got a Mercedes. They got a truck in the backyard. They got a this over here. They got trailers over here. They got a trailer over there. They got a big new truck over here. You know, God, and I remember Lance, I'm, listen, it's, it sounds funny, Lance bowed his head, but I remember when we was eating beans and cornbreads out in Twin Lake on White Lake Drive. When we was fishing out of a goose egg lake, trying to get enough fish so we could have something to eat. Don't tell me what God won't do. God is an amazing God. So he takes, watch this here now, because he's the bread of life. He takes a little bit of nothing and makes it into a whole lot. But I want you to understand something. You hear me well. The, the stock market didn't do it for those who think they invest in good in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, the Bitcoin. Oh, I got the Bitcoin. No, because I looked at my stock market. I lost $7,000 in five days. I looked at my stock. I just looked at it. In, in five days, I lost $7,000. Right? So I didn't look no more. <laughs> I didn't want to see the rest of it go. Right? But I wasn't worried because uh, I had to have it to lose it. Right? But it was never mine. God said, that wasn't yours. I just, I just shifted it. It'd be back. He says, whenever somebody needs he says, I can, I can trust you. So I'm going to make sure you don't ever run out. He says, don't pay no attention to the stock market. He says, I'm just messing with it. Now watch this here. Because sometimes I take from this person to give to this person. Because this person will do right. Don't let God take from you what he bless you with because you won't let it come through you because you want to stop with you. Oh, I, better, I, move, I better move away from that. All right, now. So, 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 so watch what happens, right? So verse 25, I'm going to jump down to verse 25. When they found him on the other side of the lake, and Jesus has been walking on water and all this, they asked him, Rabbi, why, I mean, when did you get here? 26, Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had, what's that? And you were full. That's what he said. He said, your bellies were full. He said, that's why you really followed me, because I took care of you. I fed you. 
Some of you all, I just come to church because the Lord just keep on blessing me. I don't come because I love him. I because he blessed me with a job. Or he blessed me with a house or a car. So I keep to God is good uh, because I got a house. I got, we keep on bragging about what God did about the material stuff we have. God said it ain't got nothing to do with the material stuff. So you worshiping me, man, because of the material thing. What happens when the material stuff is gone? What if you happen to be Job? Can you say, I came in this world with nothing. When I leave, I won't have nothing. Can I really say he's really the bread of life? Because, uh, well, let's work with it. We're going to work with it for a minute. All right? Now, so verse 25, he said, do not work for food. And watch Jesus. This is good. I'm going to be out here. He says, do not work for food that spoil, right? But for food that endures to eternal life, right? Now, watch this here. Which the Son of Man will give. Who's going to give it to you? Everybody said, Jesus is going to give you everything that you need. And listen, it's not going to be your boss. It's not going to be that overtime. Some of you are working two and three jobs trying to make it. You work it. Listen here. You're working for money when money's supposed to work for you. So, yeah, I got to do overtime. I got to do this. So you keep working and you got a hole in your pocket. Jesus, I'm not going to use Fatina to sew it up, man, until you recognize who I am. Then I'll sew your pocket up. And I won't let it keep going through. He said, but you keep on working. You're, you're too busy. I, I, I can't come. I can't worship you because I got to work. He said, go ahead. Because you, you, you think it's you. You think your parents died and left you something. He said, that was me. He said, everything you have is me. He said, some of you all, I bless you beyond your wildest dreams and you still won't recognize that it was me that did it. You still thinking it's you. He says, for on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. God blessed Jesus and made him the bread of life. Everybody that believes in him Everybody, everybody that believes in him, you have to believe in him. Don't believe in the job. Don't believe in the stock market. Don't believe in your parents. Believe in him. The only, listen, you are a miracle because of him. Some of y'all, your mama really wanted to abort you. But Jesus said, no. That's why you're here. Some of you all should have been dead, and you know you should have been gone. But Jesus said, not on my watch. Because I have something for you. Verse 28. Then they asked him, what? I want everybody to hear this. What must we do to do the work God requires? Now, hear me now. They, they look at all of this, and they see the miracles, and they see all this. They say, what must we do, right? 
Because they want to know. How do I get? What do I, how do I move ahead? How do I get a van? How do I, how can I make it? How can I make my marriage work? How, how, how can I get a better home? How can I get a better car? How can I get my kids tuition paid? How? Well, let's see what he had to say. Everybody read this together. Read. Pause. Only one thing that you need to do is you got to turn it to him. You got to believe in him with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. He said, the thing you have to do is believe. The only thing that he wants you to do is believe in him. Because if you have faith in him and you believe in him, I don't have to worry about no tithing. I don't have to worry about nothing if you believe in him. You would never go hungry if you believe in him. You'll never go lacking if you believe in him. God has a basket of bread flowing over just for you. Read verse 30. Now, so here they go again. They said, we want you to show us some signs. Show us, because we need to see something. Because they're missing. They're they, they missing it. They said, show us something, Jesus. Show us. Our ancestor, Jesus, ate manna in the wilderness. So you feeding 5,000 don't mean nothing. Right? Because it was written that he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it was not Moses that gave them bread from heaven. It wasn't Moses. Listen, it wasn't a bank man that approved your loan. It wasn't a bank. man. You thought it was the bank. You know your credit was jacked up. You 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 got to know, right? It, it wasn't. It was it was God the whole time. It was never. Jesus said to them, "Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it was my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven." Then he says this, and I got to get I got to get across the field, right? For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Now, he's about to accept you. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. We want it. They they don't really want. Now, listen, I want you all to hear me well, because we in an age now where they don't want Jesus. Hear me out. People saying, no, man, don't believe in Jesus. It's a spiritual thing. It's a higher power. And I'm not knocking nobody in their spirituality and all that, but they they, want to push Jesus to the back burner. They, they, I don't want to hear. Even though he brought your mama through and he brought your grandmama through, I don't know why you think you can get through without him. Because if it weren't for them, they wouldn't have never made it. And some of you all, if it wasn't for, 
you don't, some of you all was raised by your grandparents and they was praying because your parents were somewhere else. And they were just, and they were praying, God, I, I need, I don't have enough. I had to raise my kids. So you had to grab, my mama was raising, my grandmama was raising her kids and my mama kids and my aunt kids. It was 25 plus in the house in Mississippi in a two bedroom storefront. And that's the God's honest truth. We were sleeping on the floor throwing sheets on us. Mosquitoes so bad, it was it was crazy. Right? It was, but it was so much food that she had faith in God and she kept believing God just kept on supplying. He just kept on supplying. She said, I gotta have faith. She said, Don't worry, baby. God got you. Don't worry. We're gonna eat. Don't every time I got hungry, somebody fed me. Let me say that again. Every time, Stephanie, I got hungry, somebody, it may have been a woman down the street, she didn't know I was coming. You know, she said, baby, you want something to eat? I, I act like I didn't want nothing. I'm like, no. She said, go on, get your plate. <laughs> right? Now, and I didn't miss no meals. I was about 300. And I was eating everywhere I stopped. <laughs> right? You know, so, and so, and, and listen, so God always, and it, it had nothing to do with my brilliance. Because I was so bad at one time, and when I walk on the grass, it died. Right? You know, I was doing some crazy stuff. We were shooting dice on the corner, man. We were stealing stuff out of the car already. We were doing a lot of crazy stuff when we was little. You know what I mean? Earl wasn't the only one in trouble. He just got caught. <laughs> See what I'm saying? He wasn't smart enough not to get caught, so he went to prison. I didn't get caught. I told him, Earl, keep an eye on me, man. He said, no, I got this. The prison he went. <laughs> so we, 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 <laughs> we were struggling, struggling. But God kept on supplying. Kept on supplying, man. It, it was never. Every time it seemed like we didn't have enough, we had enough. God always had somebody somewhere that said, let me feed them little kids right there. How many times God has used you to bless somebody? You had no intention to bless them, but God used you to bless them. And here's the thing. Uh, uh, I, I, was, I worked for Skeeton Public Schools, and uh, I was the principal, and I, I remember the policy. They came in, and they said, all the kids get free and reduced lunch. Right? That's woo-wee. And that was a good deal. I wish I had had that back then. Right? But God, listen here. God says, I got this. God put a program in place that no kid could go hungry. And then all of a sudden, you know, I became the pastor of the church. They had a thing called kid food basket. So now you have people giving food for kids every day. They can go down to the office, get a backpack, and then they have some food at home. Right? Now listen. Never go hungry. Then they had they all got a hands-to-hands. So they got kids on the weekend. They got a backpack on the weekend. Listen, it doesn't matter. Now watch this. These are kids in Mona Shores. You know, we think the kids over here don't. Oh, they ain't there. No. Satan, right, has got, it doesn't matter what your zip code is. Some people live in houses with no furniture. Right? And the kids are hungry. And God says, listen, 
I can take two little fish and five loaves of bread, and I can feed a whole school district. And and he said, and no kid will ever go hungry. Not a kid nowhere. Right? And, and, and won't he do it? You got to know who he is. He's the bread of life. Everybody say the bread of life. All right, I'm going to wrap this thing up. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get through it. Now, so verse 35 says, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Because they thought it was something else. You thought it was something else. You thought it was your job. You thought it was your mama. You thought it was your daddy. You thought it was your granny. You thought it was all, but it was never them. It was never, ever them. It was always God. It was never them. You thought it was, it was never them. It was always him. And he wants us to realize he is the one. It's not about the material thing. It's about having a relationship with God. If I get a relationship with God and I believe in him, I will never, ever go without. Because he's the, he's the one that gives the life. Right? I got to trust him so much that I'm willing to give my life to him. Because some people in what you call situational poverty, that means they was doing well and one family member lost a job and they went from a middle class to poverty. Some people got divorced and they went from middle class to poverty. Somebody died and they was doing well and then they went to situational poverty. Right? And here's what God, God said, you would never, ever, ever be in poverty, man, as long as you stay connected with me. Here's what he said. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. You may not have a ride, but they got programs now that they give you a coupon and you can ride the bus for free. Now, you may be too proud to ride the bus, right? But it ain't because the transportation is not available for you. God said, I got you. Everything, some of you all got clothes you don't even wear. Why do you have Because God made it more abundantly for you. You had so much. He want us to quit focusing on stuff and start focusing on him and realize that we in a time now, we're in a spiritual warfare, and the only way you're going to survive this storm is you got to know who's in charge, right? Because he's, he's going to take some stuff from you, and some of you all are not going to have a pot to pee in or a window to throw it out of. And the only body you're going to be able to depend on is going to be him. You know, some people realize this. Raise your hand, man, if you, if you ever had a job that just, just shut down. Just shut down. It just shut down. You go into work and it's shut down. You thought you had an income. Stand up if that happened to you. Just stand up real quick. Just stand up real quick and stay there for it. Now, tell me, uh, did you still eat? Yeah. How many of you all sleeping in, up in, in a, uh, outside? Nobody. Sit down. And them just the ones that stood up. Some of us too proud to let everybody know we didn't have nothing, right? Some of us, the job just shut down, we just didn't have no job. Some of us have never had a job, and God keep feeding you because you believe in him. All right, let me, I got to, I promise you, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. Here we go. Everybody said, this is good. 
Now, I, let me, I'm going to jump across the field. Look at verse 40. For, for my father will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have what? Now, I know you guys said eternal life. John 17 and 3 tell us what eternal life is. Eternal life is really, man, God wants us to really, this is what Jesus' whole mission was. Jesus' mission was to get us, man, to really believe in God. Really believe in God. I want you guys to hear me well, right? The only thing, man, that causes us, man, not to believe in God, man, is Satan. And what he does is he brings sin in our lives. And don't nobody have to tell you. You, you, can, you can lie to everybody except the Holy Spirit. You know when you have sin in your life. Sin pulls you away from God because the, it, it repels the light. So the light comes and sin lights darkness. Right? And, and Jesus, he said, I'm the light of the world. And I'm going to be talking about that next week. So you don't want to miss next week. Right? Now, understand that. Everything that you need, everything that you need, God said, I got it. Jesus said, I'm the one. He said, I need you to do me a favor and stop bragging about what you have and start bragging about who you belong to. Your marriage won't work because you won't make him the priority. Things won't work on your job because you don't make him the priority. When you make him the priority, everything falls in line. I, I stand to be corrected from wrong. Any marriage that fails, sin is involved. Because when you walk in righteousness, man, God going to make it work. Always. If things going on in your home, there's some sin in there somewhere. You got to clean the sin up. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 6, shall we continue in sin that God grace abound? He said, God forbid it. The true test that you really love Jesus and you believe in him is get rid of the sin in your life and believe in him. And when you believe in him, I will quit sinning. I won't lie. I won't cheat. I won't steal because righteousness is my guide. I'm going to make him the most important thing in my life. People, you don't have to hustle. People say, man, you got it's a hustle. You don't have to hustle. Right? I, I want you to get this. Jesus is the king. There's a difference between a king and a president. A king owns it all. Everything belongs to the king. Right? You, your kids, your house, your car, your money, the, everything belongs to the king. And he can give to whomever he wants or take away from whatever. Right? And once I start to make him the most important thing, then I don't worry about big houses and big cars and fancy clothes and Louis Vuitton. Because I'm really buying that stuff to try to look good. And I can't afford it anyway. Right? 
and, and, and so the devil make you think that stuff is important and don't nobody care about you for real. They don't care if you got a Louis Vuitton bag. They don't care if you got a, a coach. Or, or what, they, they don't care what you have. They talking about you anyway. They always say you can't afford it. <laughs> and and she, she thinks she's, we know she ain't got nothing. The girl work at Myers. You know, that's a fake Louis Vuitton anyway. You're trying to fake it. Because you're trying to impress people. Impress Christ. I never get, get I, I'm really finna close. Gail Pollard, who owned Found Funeral Home, uh, was a good friend of mine. This is a true story, right? And so I wanted a luxury car, right? And so she had this Jag, beautiful mint green Jag, right? You know, and I want a fancy car. You know, I was living for the Lord. I said, hey, God, you said it. So I gave her a ride one day. She was riding. I said, Gail, where's your Jag? She's always at the house. I ain't. I said, what you, I'm getting rid of it. I said, ooh, for real? What you want to do? I said, you want to sell it? She said, yeah. She said, yeah, you give me, give me 1500 you can have it. I said, you playing? She said, no, if you do it, I have my brother clean it up for you. Wax it and shine. She gave me a jag for $1,500. Mint, nobody even rode in the back seat of it. Mint clean, I mean, it was clean. Clean as a whistle. God said, it was mine. You wanted it, so I let you have it. You know what I did with it? I gave it to Earl. I ain't want it no more, so you can have it, right? Because it wasn't about the car. God said, I can give you whatever you want. Now, watch this. Here. I didn't buy it for real because it was worth like $10,000. But God touched her heart. She gave it to me for a little bit of nothing, pennies on the dollar. That's what God will do for you when you give your life to him. Everybody said bread of life. He's your life source. He's the one to sustain you. He's the one to keep you. It's nothing else. It's not your spouse. It's not your job. It's not your, your bank account. It's not your 401ks. It's not your pension. It's him. Put your faith in him and trust in him. Everybody stand to your feet. If you don't know Jesus Christ. Today is the day to accept him into your heart. You got to make him the main source of everything. You got to make him the main source. You don't have to worry about nothing. He will take good care of you. Everybody say good care. But I got to give my life to him. I got, if I, if I have, if I've given my, I want to rededicate my life. Today is the day that's my birthday. I'm rededicating my life to him. I'm recommitting my life to him. I'm giving my life to him. He's going to be the Lord of my life. No longer would I put my faith in things anymore. Today, he is my life source. I'm not going to trust the lottery tickets or the casino. They got you anyway. They saw you coming. The casino. It's a, I, I flew into Las Vegas, and the guy said, on the plane, he came on the before we landed, Dr. Aviada, he says, I want you to know, Las Vegas was not built on winners. <laughs> so you ain't got to worry about my money. I'm not going to give the Lord's money to the casino. Give 
Christ your life. Let him be your main source of life. And then whenever God, when God know that you can trust him, he'll bring it through you so it can get, he'll bring it to you so it can get through you, right? So you can be a blessing to other people to help them know who Christ is. And it's all about him. You stop bragging about what you have, stop bragging about who he is. Dear Lord, thank you. Thank you for being our bread of life. Thank you for being our main source of strength. Thank you for being everything to us. Thank you for being the glue that kept our family together. Thank you for being the doctor in the hospital. Lord, it was you. It wasn't a doctor. It wasn't a surgeon. It wasn't an anesthesiologist. It was none of them. It was you, Lord, that healed my body. You created my body. Lord, you're the one. You was the one that was a, a judge in the courtroom. It was you that made that decision to stop us from going to prison. It was you, Lord. So thank you. And today, I'm giving my life to you. My entire life to you. My finances, my children, my home, my car, everything is yours. And I would not make it an idol any longer. Everything belongs to you. I thank you. I praise you. I magnify you for all that you do. So, Lord, as we prepare to give an offering for you, all we're doing is giving back to you a portion that you told us to give back to you. And we thank you for allowing us to have a great percentage to keep for ourselves to do your work because it was you that supplied the 100%. And you asked us to give a portion back to you. Thank you. And as we leave this place, never your presence. Be with us. Guide our hearts. Guide our minds. Give us a deeper understanding and a love for you. In every decision we make, every move we make, every time we talk to someone, we're going to do it in righteousness. Today is our birthday. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. You guys have an awesome, magnificent day. The altar is going to be open for those who want prayer. The prayer word is up here for prayer. Uh, you can give online, give in the offering on the way out. You guys do well. I don't have to put no emphasis on that. God bless you all. Have a wonderful, magnificent day. God bless you.